Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Super 90s Brothers. I just wanted to let you know that Adam and I had to do a quick pivot for this episode and record on Zoom instead of a recording app I like to use called Squadcast. And so the audio is just a little off. It's a little scratchy. It still sounds good. It just it's not up to the standards I like to produce. And I pride myself on making really good sounding quality podcasts now. I just wanted you to be aware that this won't be how it sounds going forward. Thank you so much for listening. And without further ado, here is the Super 90s Brothers. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Super 90s Brothers. I am your host, Brennan Pointer. Along with me is Adam J. Pitzler. How's it going, buddy? There's a thing called talent. They don't have it. Uh, th- that's the best you could come up with from this movie? I was talking about us, Brennan. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. And that's your Danny Glover impersonation? Yeah, that's my Danny Glover, my, my <laughs> white 36 year old sounding Danny Glover. I was going to say, it sounded closer to the, like the, the broadcaster from the movie Angels in the Outfield. Oh, um, the- Jay O'Neill or that's, yeah, that's, that's my favorite character in this movie. Oh, I believe it. Um, J.O. Sand- <laughs> Sanders is his uh, name. Uh, but, okay. uh, but we gave it away. If you didn't already know, we're uh, doing Angels in the Outfield. Oh. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, that, Amer- that 1994 American forts family sports fantasy comedy drama film directed by William Deere. Um, oh. So, but anyways, before we get into it, how, how are you doing? How's, uh, how's it down in the, the Bay Area? It's awful. It's, it's a never-ending cycle of endlessness. There's, there's just, it's, the days fade into weeks, fade into months. I never know what day of the week it is. I'm, I'm unshowered and unkempt. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm unproductive. Uh, how do you think I feel? Betrayed, bewildered. Uh, how are you? Uh, I mean, it's... We don't have smoke anymore, so that's nice. It's raining currently, so that, you know that's also nice. The seasons are changing, so we're getting fall. Uh, I imagine that's why you probably feel like it. I mean, it's always it's the same. It's always the same there, isn't it? So well, yeah. And anybody that doesn't live on the West Coast, we had a real another bad uh, summer full of wildfires, and the yeah. smoke along the West Coast was just terrible. They're canceling sports games and and all this, and like the in where I live in the Bay area, it was so bad. You couldn't really go out of your house for about three weeks. And mm. what's worse is that it was leaving this disgusting, like film on everything, like on like this, like layer of gross, dirty smog on like your barbecue, your car, all your outdoor patio furniture. Like just, it's just disgusting. And you didn't want to go outside. Ugh. Anyway, so I'm, it's better now, but we still haven't had rain in like, like 14 years. So <laughs> is how it feels. <laughs> and so it's still, it's still kind of a problem. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a, that, that, yeah, that is a problem if it hasn't rained. Cause yeah. it's, it's just, welcome just, to, just linger there. Welcome to California 2020. It's, it's like, I feel like I'm like, I'm playing like a, like a really difficult map on Mario party. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> You know what I mean? Like everything's going wrong everywhere and I keep rolling low and people are fuckers are stealing my stars and you know, all kinds of things. Did, did you guys go through a, have a drought this year at all? 
Well, we didn't. They have these like official drought classifications where that like if you get less than X amount of inches of rain by a certain day, they call it a drought. Um, I don't. I guess we're not technically in a drought year, but if you ask anybody that lives here, it's fucking drought. Like it's barely rained all year. It's just it's just not quite as bad as it's been in official California drought years. Mm. Well, I mean, it's only going to go up from here, right? I guess. I mean, with, it's, with November coming around, right? Well, it's almost October first, and oh, like, I'm talking about the election. So, like, oh, in, right, everything. That, will, <laughs> yeah, once, once, if the Democrats win the win the White House, I'm I firmly believe this blanket of woeful terror will be lifted from California. They'll all rejoice. They'll all agree that COVID doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> everything, everything will be right in their world. And I don't fucking care. Like whatever gets the state opened up, I don't care who wins. I just want things back to normal in my life. That's how I feel. That's fair. Uh, yeah. Well, it's, it's been a year, I will say, and it hasn't helped with uh, our podcasting at all with the super nineties brothers. We, uh, you know, we haven't recorded since I think, I believe July, um, but we're going to try to change that hopefully and do a little bit more, you know, throughout the coming months, maybe, maybe do at least once per month. Who knows? Who knows? What so, we'll ju- do? so just so anybody keeping track and, you know, I listen to our, our episodes from time to time to see, you know, what, what's working, what isn't, how bad we sound, blah, blah, blah. And Brennan, you always say this. You, like, <laughs> if you listen to our, like every episode, it's hey, we're gonna record more podcasts. You know, we, we should just we should just get to the point though where it's like if you're still listening, you love us, and you'll just take what you can get. You know, you're like one of those pathetic guys where like uh, this is a metaphor, but if, <laughs> I, like, you're one of those pathetic guys, and we're like the really hot girl, and it's like you're not our boyfriends or anything. But like, if we talk to you even like once near your locker, like once every <laughs> two months, like you'll take it. Like that's how desperate you are for us. That's, that's fair. I mean, I, I think, I think our, that's, I think that's who our fans are. They're, uh, we're, 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 middle school boys. Yeah. That's who they are. I mean, (laughs) and we love you guys. That's who I was, you know, Um, that's who I was. Yeah. (laughs) But I will say this. Thank you so much for listening to our show, continuing to listen to our show and discovering our show. Um, I'm clapping. I, I don't know if that works over a mic. It might work a little bit. Uh, so thank you so much. We're we're still getting people are still listening, and that's probably the reason why we continue to the the, the trudge on and and do this show because we have listeners and people are finding our show. So that's it's always exciting to go and check your stats and see that people are listening. And I feel it makes me feel kind of bad that I'm not doing a better job, but. Oh yeah. No, totally. Let's lean into that. Like when you, when some really cool fan decides to reach out to you and say, Hey, I love the show. Um, I, this is where I live. This is what I do. Have you ever thought about this topic? It makes us be like, wait a minute. We're not doing this podcast for ourselves. We're doing it for others. We're altruists. We have to help others have content on their iPhones during COVID-19. So they have shit to listen to. So they don't go fucking nuts. And and speaking of fans reaching out, um, today's show is via special request. Brennan, you want to talk about that? Yeah. Our friend and follower. Our, our, our new friend. And listener, Jeremy Krinkovich. I'm not, sure if that's, I'm not sure if that's your real name, but if it is, that's a really cool last name. Yeah. Uh, Krank- oh, Krinkovich. He reached out to us uh, on Facebook and said, hey, you just started listening to the podcast. It's so great. Thank you. Have, have you done or thought about doing Angels in the Outfield? 
Good old Matthew McConaughey is an outfielder. Yeah. Um, so, Mr. Krankovich, you are now in our cool book. You are like or lifelong blood 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 brothers. Me, you, and Brennan, and uh, we very much appreciate you listening to the show. You're a rock star, and Brennan and I have seen Angels in the Outfield, and it was made in the. It was perfect. Yeah. This is a perfect request for those of you out there listening. Mm, yes, perfect request, and thank you, Jeremy. I no one responded to your to your comment. So I'm responding to it right now. Thanks for the feedback. Perfect show request recording now. So thank you, Jeremy. And I hope you're listening. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, angels in the outfield, Adam. Ow. Uh, I'm just re- finishing this message because I can't type very fast. Um, and I'll re- edit this out. or i probably won't because i don't want to ever edit shows brennan why don't you why don't you introduce angels in the outfield well i will introduce it i have seen this movie recently i've watched it it's currently available on the tbs it's it's currently available on like cable like basically like if you have a cable package you can watch it on tbs like by on demand also if you have a streaming app. You can use it there. That's where I watched it. It's it's really hard to watch it on a streaming app because you get an, a commercial every fifteen minutes, and it's like an like so one hundred and twenty seconds of commercials too. So, so is is the commercial like clockwork too, where it doesn't even take into into account like where the movie's at? Like it just goes into the middle of a commercial, like in the middle of a sentence? No, it does. It it, it does have like it it goes in phases like with the scene okay so at least it has that so somebody put it in strategically at least yeah so at least, at least someone put it in strategically so it, and it wasn't it wasn't that bad and i watched it over like three nights because i can't ever sit down and just watch a movie because i'm an old person I'm, I'm an old person and i cannot watch movies uh, like yeah and i have add that's that's true so angels in the outfield uh released Ow. july 15th 1994 uh, like I said, it was a, it's a, it's a, this is a description. It's an American family sports fantasy comedy drama film. That's a, <laughs> that's an actual, like, is that a, like a category of movies? Like, I guess no, so. <laughs> no, only Disney can get away with something like that. <laughs> uh, directed by William Deere. Uh, never heard of him. And it's a remake of the 1951 film of the same name. The Angels baseball team did not exist in 1951. And so the Angels in the outfield was about the Pittsburgh Pirates. And from what I've read, the movies are not uh, at all similar. Um, so they just share the same name. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's, it stars Danny Glover, Tony Danza, and Christopher Lloyd, and features uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt um, as a, a very young kid. Um, I don't know exactly what his filmography is at that age but i believe it's pre uh third rock from the sun and he was yeah he was very young i think Um, this was kind of like his big break it could have been i mean he's been around for a really really long time and he was very i mean he was very young in this i think he was it looks like in according to his imdb that he was doing stuff he was on he was on family ties apparently in 1988 um he must have been like a tiny, tiny kid. Yeah. And so he would have been seven years old then. And man, he, yeah, this was like his first, yeah, this is his big, but he was on Roseanne apparently for four episodes. 
and yeah, 1994, uh, he, this was one of his first movies. Um, he was in Beethoven apparently. Um, and then, oh, that's where, you know where he got his big break? He got his big break in A River, a river Runs Through It. Uh, he played Young Norman. I think it was oh. a smaller role, but that was a pretty probably big film from being in you 1992. Know, I've, never, I've never actually seen that movie. It's a, it's a, a, a good, it's an all right movie. It's Robert Redford and, you know. I mean, I'm not, just, I'm never in the mood to watch dramas, especially like family dramas, like dramas about like, people's like dads and how it's hard being a dad and how like mm-hmm. like our mom died but we pers- like anything like that i'm never like and I'm, i have nothing against those kind of films i don't have like like you guys if you listen you know i have like pretty strong feelings negative feelings about a lot of things i don't have those feelings about these kind of films but i also never have the motivation to be like oh i'd really like to watch a drama tonight <laughs> right well i guess we've we've spoiled it but we're doing the river runs through it next week so stay tuned for that <laughs> Uh, so yeah, going I mean past Joseph Gordon-Levitt. So this was yeah one of his first films, and then, I and then ironically, there's a bunch of very very um, big actors that are in the movie now that, that well, play bit well, parts, and we'll get into that. What's um, the synopsis, Brennan? Tell us what the movie's about. Sorry, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays a young foster child. He's him and his other foster friend live in this house together in this foster house and uh they like sneaking in or watching the california angels um games and they and i mean i guess what the the point of the movie is that he's really into the angels he has like they don't really do a good job of this but he knows about baseball and he's really into that and but he has this really crappy dad played by uh, Dermot Mulroney. And uh, he's like, he's around, but he's like leaving. He's going to go move somewhere. And he, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt says, hey, when can we be a family again? And his dad turns around and kind of like says to him, like sarcastically, I'd say when the angels win the pennant. And, and the angels suck. And they, he thinks they'll never win the pennant. Exactly. And at this point in the angels career they were and the angels like history they had never won world series and they had never i don't they were really a bad they were a really bad team so it made sense uh and then he that night he prays to something they it's very vague if it's god or if it it's not a very christian movie and uh but he prays is to that like a this, criticism this, is that a criticism yeah, no, it's, not a crit- it's, a, it's not a criticism. It's just like the the, the religion in this movie is very vague. They they don't okay. they skirt they skirt it like oh, it's angels, okay. but like is it I, is it Christian angels or is it just angels? Who knows? I get what you're saying. Okay, keep um, and so they, anyway, so he prays to God and says this thing like, if you could if you could help the angels win the pennant. And make me have a family again. That would be great. And so, next day they they go to the Angels game because it's like half off or it's like cheap tickets to go to the game for kids. And he goes and and an angel appears and carries Matthew McConaughey uh, as an outfielder and he, he catches a ball and it's like on sports rails and everything. And then he becomes kind of like the uh, Danny Glover kind of takes over and kind of find out about him and i would like you to just finish this do you want to finish this because i'm really being long-winded 
Can you can you take this over? Because I am being so long. W- w- it's such a this. it's such a simple plot, Brennan. Like the kid <laughs> prays to the heaven that the angels need to help his baseball team so that he thinks he can be a family again. Heaven sends down angels. They help the baseball team start winning. the The manager thinks what's happening to his team is crazy and he can't explain it. And then the little boy tells him tells the manager of the team, "Oh, it's because I see angels and I'm they're helping the team." And for whatever reason, the manager starts to believe him because everything uncanny is happening. And so the manager like sort of befriends Joseph Gordon-Levitt and his little friend yes. to be like team mascots. But really what they're doing is he's telling them when and where the angels are appearing so that the manager knows which players to put into what situation so that he can win. Cause the manager wants his team to win too. And then the angels get all the way to like the last game of the season. And in the last game, they have to win to win the pennant. And the angels tell Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Oh, we can't win championships for you. You have to win them on your own. So the team has to play their own on their own merit. And, you know, it's this big dramatic game against the best hitter in the league. And um, Tony Danza plays like this aging pitcher with a shoulder problem mm. who manages to gut out uh, like 160 pitch performance, which is amazing um, to win the pennant. And then Joseph Gordon-Levitt's all happy and he thinks he's going to, you know, be a family with his dad again. But he finds out the hard truth about deadbeat dads and about the jur- the jurisdiction, the judicial <laughs> system in California. No, you're not going to be a family, even though the baseball team won. But the good news is, is that uh, George Knox, the manager of the team played by Danny Glover, has grown to like Joseph Gordon-Levitt and his little black friend so much that he's adopting them. And, that, and that's the end. <laughs> That's the end. Thank you. That that was so much better than I could have ever done. And you guys did not need to sit through that. And we <laughs> saved we saved everyone nine minutes. <laughs> so yeah, that that's the plot. That's exactly what I just watched over three days. Uh, yeah, and it shouldn't took me. It should have taken me that long. But you know, that's well. Well, you hit the key point, and that that it was all this the it's what they call a high concept movie, and that it's all sort of predicated on on a very high concept thought and in this thought it's that you have to believe that the little boy believes that if the angels win the pennant he gets his dad back and uh yeah and for whatever reason the angels grant this request failing to tell him you know you got to think the angels know you got to think the angels know that this will never work right (laughs) they're (laughs) they're angels right (laughs) they're like hey kid you know just because the team woods the bit it doesn't make your your dad have custody of you (laughs) but at no no point does that get discussed there's like oh you want us to go win baseball games let's fucking do it and let me just say the trick to praying for your team to win does not work as a Mariners fan and they haven't won since 2001 you know it does not work so this kid pulled it off good for him and uh it's a fun baseball movie with mysticism you know and there's it's it's hard to call it a spiritual movie but it is a film about faith and um maybe belief and perseverance I would say do you think that's fair that's very fair I mean I think it's about well it's also I mean, you say like he didn't get his wish to have a family, but he did. I mean, you didn't say that, but he got his wish. It was just a different, it was not what he expected. And, and Danny Glover, his character, George Knox has, he's, you know, at the beginning of the movie, he's kind of an asshole, doesn't like his team, thinks they're all, thinks they all suck. And, you know, from, and you said it earlier, they had no talent. And basically it, the angels help make the other, the real angels or the real angels make the, the major league baseball team, the angels believe that they can win. And yeah. 
so that's 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 the basic plot and there's not really much else to get into it's very i mean that is the movie like there was nothing there's not many side stories in this movie at all uh it's all very straightforward and um very okay, like well, go ahead what are you gonna say i was just gonna say let's just cover a a couple quick things as mm-hmm. the main the main character joseph gordon levitt his name is roger bowman yes. and he's got this adorable little black friend named jp who's like the cutest kid you've ever seen named mm. Mil- Milton Davis Jr. And that kid almost steals the movie because he's so damn cute. Would you agree? I would agree, yes. Yeah, he's just the cutest fucking kid. And I guess that kid didn't, didn't keep acting. Good for him. He wanted to be a normal person. Um, mm. So, so um, <laughs> and, and they live in like this uh, foster home with uh, Maggie, who's like their foster mom and played by Brenda Fricker, who's actually a really great actress and done mm-hmm. a lot of really good movies over the years. And, and Brennan mentioned this in the show notes, like the cast of this movie is insane. Like I know it's Disney, but they even like, they, they accurately cast a bunch of up and coming stars that weren't stars yet. Like right. Disney, Disney cast a bunch of actors that weren't really famous yet that became famous after and really not because of Angels in the Outfield. It was just like a really well-cast movie. It's like mm-hmm. whoever was casting just had a really good eye for talent. But like um, Adrian Brody uh, plays like a, a, a shitty light-hitting utility infielder in this movie named Hemmerling. And um, J.O. Sanders plays like the sarcastic asshole um, what play-by-play announcer who like doesn't like the team and is very critical of the team, which by the way is very off brand for any team announcer. Like a team, <laughs> right. a team announcer works for the team. It's their job to get fans excited about the team. They talk about the good things going on with the team and they're usually very, very forgiving about the bad things. <laughs> but, but this particular announcer is just like a total chode about like everything going wrong. And he doesn't like um, Danny Glover's character. And he doesn't like the team and, and he's like, he's sort of the bad guy, but I mean, he's just an announcer. So it's like, yeah, I, that was, I was gonna, we can get into it and dumb shit about angels in the outfield. Cause that was one of my notes is this like, well, this guy's not trying to go for a hall of fame career, is he? So uh, he's uh, not, I mean, being such a terrible sportscaster, uh, I almost thought like it, like, I wouldn't even know that. I don't think most people know about baseball that the sport that like the team sportscasters are actually hired by the teams themselves and because i think people would never associate them as being connected but they are well Uh, i mean if you're watching on a national telecast there's guys that work for networks that do play-by-play then there's guys that work for the team that do play-by-play for their own fans on the radio and their own telecast Mm -hmm. and this character definitely worked for the team like he wasn't he wasn't a national like you know uh channel broadcaster he worked for the california angels oh and a quick aside can we talk about the name california angels for anybody listening in sweden or norway or whatever (laughs) the team the team was called the california angels for however fucking long and then at some point they decided that since they lived in anaheim they were going to be called the anaheim angels well i don't know why but for some reason anaheim angels got old after a while and they started calling them the la angels Anaheim got pissed off and I swear to God and people that aren't American baseball fans, you're not, you're not going to believe this, but now the official name of the team is the Los Angeles angels of Anaheim. No, they switched that back. Oh, they switched it again. Yeah. So this is, a, so this is, I, mean, I got it right here in front of me. Los Angeles angels from 1961 to 65, California angels from 865 to 96 
Anaheim Angels from 97 to 2004, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim from 2005 to 2015, and then finally from 2016 to now, Los Angeles Angels. Okay, so, so. at least they dropped the endpoint. But anyway, the, the, it changes names like, you know, like a new car model. Like they, <laughs> I can't think of any other franchise that keeps changing, and not the name, but like the city that they're saying they're front. And meanwhile, the stadium's in the exact same fucking place, mind, mind you. It is, and uh, I, you know what's? Never mind. This is not. This is such a. This is such a quick aside. They. It was like they played on at Wrigley Field in 1961. Apparently, it was a Wrigley Field bar, ballpark in Los Angeles at that time. So that's that's random. That's um, weird. Uh, let me. I was going through the cast though. I mentioned Tony Danza is in it. He plays yes. like the age, the aging pitcher. Um, there's a really a couple really good character actors that some of you might not know. Name like Tony Longo. He's mm-hmm. like the catcher, and he's he's usually like a mafia guy or something. You'll see him in a lot of movies. And Neil McDonough is a really good character actor too. He plays mm-hmm. like a pitcher, and then um, oh, and obviously Matthew McConaughey yep. um, is an outfielder. And uh, Brennan mentioned Dermot Mulrooney, and there, there's probably others. Like it's just one of those casts where it's like every scene is like, well, that person's famous now. Yeah, and, and I don't think we mis- mentioned uh, Christopher Lloyd as well. Oh right, so. yeah, the 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 headliner, Christopher Lloyd. Um, and this is only you know, this is seven or eight years after Back to the Future. So think about in those terms. So Christopher mm-hmm. Lloyd's still really fucking famous at this yeah. point. And there's and- also another character actor, uh, Taylor Negron, who. Uh, I don't know. If I probably didn't pronounce that correctly, but he like he's come. He's popped up in a ton of movies in the '90s, and he's this very very small actor. But he's just he's been around for. I just I always recognize him in movies for some reason. Yeah, yeah, I do too. Um, I know who you're talking about. Um, so yeah, Christopher Lloyd is is the boss angel. His name is Al, and he kind of is the main point of contact for the angels and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. So like Al shows up, and he'll talk to Joseph Gordon-Levitt and kind of keep the audience abreast of what's happening and you know it's it's cute it's a it's a cute movie it's a cute movie and we'll move on and say i we can kind of gloss over this because you we ask how old were you when you watched it yeah I, about maybe 10 or 11 I, yeah. I can't i don't don't know if i ever saw this in the theater i may have i know that i owned it on vhs and probably watched it a handful of times but like as a kid like i do like it was a baseball movie and it it of all the baseball movies that came out in the nineties, it's, it is probably my least favorite. So. Do you remember um, at the time Disney movies came in VHS cases that were like big plastic packages? Mm-hmm, yeah. It, it was like a staple for every Disney movie and they didn't fit on the same shelf as your regular VHS titles. You had to put <laughs> right. them somewhere else. Well, I had one of those for this. I had like an official Disney angels in the outfield thing and it was lined up with all my other Disney movies. And I, I think you're, I mean, yeah, I probably don't like it as much as Rookie of the Year and Little Big League and Major, major League, but I still liked, oh, I mean, Sandlot. I still like, yeah, Sandlot. Uh-huh. I still liked it a lot. Shit, we've done like every baseball movie on this show, except. I think it's because we love baseball movies and, I mean, baseball movies, I mean, I don't know what, I don't know what happened, but like, they just stopped making baseball movies. I think we've talked about this before. But I like, did. They don't do well internationally. People don't give oh. a shit about baseball outside of the U.S. They don't. Japan, you know, they like baseball. Well, yeah, well, maybe Japan, but I'm saying like you don't you don't have a global audience. You make That's you make a, you make a horror movie or an action movie. You have a global audience. You just don't with a baseball movie. Well, you think you, in this this like in the age of streaming though, like there could be there could be and I, you know that for streaming purposes, like a league of their own is coming back. Sandlot's coming back. So 
those those two things will be coming back. So that I guess that proves my point that they are. I think they could be. They're they they're well suited for streaming. Well, what what were your impressions of the movie when you saw it when you were a kid? It was a. It was a heartwarming movie. You, I, you li- I liked Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He was a, he was a really good. You could, you could. He was relatable. He was like, cause he looked like me. Like I was a, I was, a, you know, <laughs> he was like white, well, he, was he was white. Like he was white, and he was, he was white. <laughs> but also, like, <laughs> uh, he looked like me. He had a shit dad. You know, you know what it is. <laughs> you know what's funny is like when you look at all the the like little kid leads from the 90s baseball movies it's like it's rookie of the year it's what he i don't know what his name is but he's you know he's thomas ian nicholas time time yeah he has brown hair like they all they're all like very they're none of them are blonde hair blue eyed kids they're all like is that just a thing that why don't like blonde hair blue eyed kids like why aren't they like the stars of these movies like why is it always like a a black haired or a brown haired kid I don't know. The quarterback in Little Giants was blonde hair, blue. Wasn't that Devin Sawa? Yeah, but he was. They that character was supposed. We haven't done that yet, but uh, yeah. But anyways, anyway. So he was, so he, wait. He, he was relatable to me. I liked him. He was a he was a very he was a very like he he really steals this movie. Like watching this movie, like now, like as an adult, like he steals the movie. He, he's a really good actor, even at like age whatever he is. Yeah, you know, he's great. I love Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I wish I re- he did more I, stuff. So. I remember telling, I remember saying that when I was like a kid, I remember, I remember saying like, this, this is actually a really good kid actor. Like yeah. I was like, I always paid attention to those things. And mm-hmm. even like, so like, yeah, him and JP, his cute little friend, I totally agree. They're, they steal the whole movie. Like they're, you don't care about much else. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that was my impression of it. I was probably, you know what I probably, why I probably didn't see this movie when I was a, a kid, I was moving from Spokane to Chicago uh this summer and this movie came out on july 14th so i would have been i would have either been living with my grandparents or going to chicago uh and and this was actually the summer 1994 the summer was the summer of the strike of the baseball strike and i remember moving to chicago and being excited to be in chicago and to go watch baseball games and we could not go watch baseball games uh, and so, and I never saw a game at Wrigley Field or at uh, Kaminsky Park because we moved back to Spokane that spring. And so I never, I never saw a baseball game at Wrigley Field. So this movie came out, I'm sorry about that, bud. By the way, this movie came out in 94. In 93, the Sandlot and Rookie of the Year came out. Yeah. And I, I bet, I think Little Big League came out in 94 too. So it's like early 90s, big baseball years, like you said. Yeah. I mean, that's probably why we love them so much, because they came out when we were 10 years old. And what did, what were we doing in the summer? Playing baseball. Yeah, yeah, right. That, I guess it's as simple as that. Um, <laughs> I, definitely li- I definitely liked the movie when it came out. It wasn't my favorite. I, I thought there were better movies, but I liked it. I owned it. I watched it. Um, I mean, it's it's a baseball movie. It's it's not it's not cheesy either. Like it, for like a for like a movie where fucking angels help kids get their family back, like you'd think it'd be way cornier than it is, but it's really not. Yeah. And I really like the the fact that they didn't make it so religious. Like they obviously they're not going to make it very religious or make it very, you know, pointed to one sort of religion, but I liked that it. it didn't, it was more about the angels and not about like a higher beings or about like God or about, it was just about like what you said earlier. It's about like just believing in something or 
you know, having faith or, and it doesn't, those things don't have to be related to, you know, believing in God or, you know, religion at all. Yeah. I didn't really pay attention to that when I was little, but you bringing it up is a good point. They, they, they were very non-secular, you mm-hmm. know, um, which is really smart for marketing. You don't want to, you don't want to divide out portions of your audience, but more than that, it's relatable to everybody when you do that. Yeah. And um, so anyway, I liked it. Um, I remember when I was in fifth or sixth grade, there was like a, I can't remember what happened. It was like, there was a rain day or something. There was some class essentially got canceled and it was like afternoon block. Like our afternoon block got canceled for some reason. And we had in our like shared classrooms, we had one of two options. You could either like go to classroom a and watch angels in the outfield, or you can go to classroom B and watch little giants. And I remember like everyone going to classroom B to watch little giants because like it was a little newer. It had Ed O'Neill. It was a little funnier. It had, football in it. it it's a little bit more of a kid's movie in my opinion <laughs> i remember like um little giants finished like five minutes earlier than angels in the outfield and like i remember like walking over to the other classroom where like the kids were who was watching angels in the outfield and it was all the nerdy like religious kids <laughs> and there was like there was like 10 12 of them and there was like 65 in the classroom watching little giants <laughs> i thought that was very telling <laughs> The things you could watch in school in the uh, in the nineties. Yeah. There's no way they would show this movie now. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> but so anyway, um, what are the, so one of the things that I I thought was really funny about it was some of the quotes. Like there wasn't. I don't know if they were if the movie was ever trying to like cater to like a younger audience and then ha- hopefully get you know older people like adults to watch it. I think the cast you know kind of does that. But uh, there's a line in the movie where Christopher Lloyd says, like, he's like, he's, he's been introduced. He's like, he's Al, he's uh, going to, he's going to be helping the angels win the pennant or, you know, whatever. And, and he tells, uh, he tells, he's leaving and he tells Joseph Gordon-Levy, he's like, all right, see you later, kid. Uh, And he says, what does he say? Like, Clean, clean your nose. Like he makes a, a reference to like doing coke to Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I want to find the quote because no, it's keep. It's like keep, keep your, your eyes clean. open and your nose clean. And your nose clean. Thank you. <laughs> I don't think that's. I don't think that's a reference to doing coke. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought. It, I thought it was. I was like, what? I don't know what it means. Keep your nose clean. It must mean I th- something. I think it's just an expression to like keep keep out of trouble. I, I think. <laughs> okay, is that what it is? Like keep your nose out of trouble. I I think is like don't get punched in the face. No, it's it's more broader than that. It's like don't get into trouble. Keep keep your nose clean. Like, <laughs> don't don't be doing things you shouldn't be doing. You know, I don't know. I think mm, it's an idiom. I, I mean, I oh, stay out of trouble. Yeah, you, that's what it is. Who who you calling an idiom? What movie is that from? Who you who you calling an idiom? I don't know. Yeah. What's that from? I don't know. There's a little black kid, and he says to a white adult, "Who you calling an idiom?" Um, and I I can't, I can't remember. Right I now. don't. <laughs> uh, so I mean. Going back to the cast, I mean, other than Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Danny Glover is a really good in this. He's, you know, probably coming off of uh, his third lethal weapon. And I thought his character was a very, just, he was a very, I, I liked his, like, he was a very heartwarming character. He was very. Well, he's the, he's, he's the weird little protagonist. Like yeah. in, a, in a story about kids trying to win baseball games to get their dad back. 
the protagonist in this movie is the manager, George Knox, mm. which is, which is a kind of an odd setup um, from a screenwriter's perspective. Like you, you don't typically have your protagonist who isn't your main character. And I think it'd be hard to argue that anyone other than Joseph Gordon-Levitt is your main character. Right. Right. That's, I think, well, I think it was like Joseph Gordon-Levitt was such an unknown at the time that they had, they had to set up this cast around him that was going to be very, a very strong cast. Cause they had Brenda Frickin who was, who had won an Academy award for my left foot or my, yeah. And, uh, and then, is that that, co- is that, that cobbler movie with, uh, um, Daniel Day Lewis last, last of the Mohicans. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and so she's in it. And so she was coming off that and, but yeah. And then Danny Glover was very famous at the time being in lethal weapons and, and then Tony Danza's in it, which is very, a very strange, I mean, not a, it's, a, it's a very strange role because like, I feel like they used Tony Danza in the movie as like a big character. And he was like, he might've had five scenes in the movie. Danny, uh, not Danny Glover, Tan, Wait, Tony Danza, what's that? Didn't they, did they say Tony Danza's going to die at the end? Something oh my like gosh, that? I was going to bring that up in the next the weird stuff but it is memorable so we should talk about it now because at the end of the movie there christopher lloyd shows up the al he and he tells joseph gordon levitt he's like we can't we can't help you guys win the championship you gotta do that yourself whatever and he's like we're calling him up in six months and he's and joseph gordon levitt's looking at tony danza he's like yep been smoking forever and, and he, goes, I was, he smoked for years always a mistake and i was just like this is a really weird thing to put in this movie you didn't need to put that in like yeah so tony Danza's is like pitching a like a gem to win the pennant he's thrown like 160 pitches which is unheard of by the way and what's even weirder is that they reference the pitch count in the script it's like pitchers don't throw 160 pitches i mean like that's like whitey four days like people are uh satchel page <laughs> right fucking cy young really anyway so he's he's literally on the mound doing this great pitching performance and what is what are we supposed to believe that he's six months away from dying from lung cancer <laughs> yes well and then he's not and then after that he's like on the he's on the like mound and he's like kind of <clears throat> like he has like that smoker's cough and, <laughs> oh, then really? I was like, and then i was thinking like were there a ton of smokers in like baseball back then like was that like i'm sure like chew was a thing but like who's smoking and then and also playing baseball like i guess he's not hitting so he's not having to run that much like and uh, but it was just a it was a really weird reference i just like i didn't get why they did that at all um, disney's little anti-tobacco i, 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 feel, I feel like they might have been like trying to set it up for a uh, sequel and like so tony danza would come back as like an angel or something oh, that's uh, interesting yeah but but that never happened well it happened but for tv uh but it was such a weird thing. And then I was thinking, oh, they're like just trying to like, maybe they, it was like a trying to get people to not smoke type of thing. I don't know. <laughs> like a little. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, other than that, like I will well, say that I- the throwaways from the other thing about the cast, like Matthew McConaughey, Adrian Brody, like they're in the movie, but they're not really, you won't, can't really say much about their performances or anything so, like that. So I have like a really weird story about this that I want to share. Okay. I so my mom was like, not my mom was. It was before she married my stepdad Dan, and after she left my 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 dad, 
And I remember like watching this movie with her and trying to figure out what kind of man my mom would be interested in. And I remember asking my mom if she thought Matthew McConaughey's character was attractive. I remember being like 10 years old thinking, well, he seems like a good looking guy. Is this the kind of guy you'd like mom? And I remember my mom like emphatically being like, oh no, he's not my type, you know, this, that, and the other. And I didn't think anything of it. And then I have a separate memory of like three or four years later after that of my mom and my sister, like, like gushing over Matthew McConaughey's hair and how handsome he is. <laughs> and I remember like putting it together at that time being like, wait a minute, you said you didn't like this guy like a few years earlier. And I can't figure out if it was just the hair or what. Might have been the hair. I don't know. Maybe it was the small part in the movie. She only liked uh, lead well, players. That's, yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. It's like, oh, what? You only like famous people, mom? Is that it? <laughs> because, I mean, this is also like Matthew McConaughey is not, I mean, I don't think he's an unknown at this time. Like, I think people know who Matthew McConaughey is. Like, he had played, he'd played the stoner in, uh, he had played the stoner in, what's that movie called? Uh, Dazed and Confused. Dazed and Confused, right? And like, I mean, and that's where he kind of got a name for, is that where he got a name for himself? I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, absolutely. I guess that was only one year before that. So he could have probably been, he could have probably done days of confused, went to angels in the outfield. And then, yeah, I guess, yeah, he was a very much of an unknown, huh? Yeah. I don't know that he was like famous, famous until, I don't know, maybe a time to kill was pretty popular. Contact. And And then he was the star of the Newton boys by the way. So like three, you go fast forward three years and he's pretty much an A-lister. Yeah, that's weird. I mean, he. I mean, by the end of the '90s, he was in Ed TV and U five U five seven one, which you <laughs> point out as a British story. Ed TV is Ed TV is like the shitty comedy version of the Truman Show. It, it, well, it came out like the same year, didn't it? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. But Truman Show is like an amazing movie, and Ed TV sucks. So, uh, Ed TV with a pre. Um, pre Ellen DeGeneres before she was she came out for what it matters. I mean, I always think that's a, I always thought that the movie's very, a very weird movie. My Abby loves my wife. Abby loves at TV. Oh, really? Yeah. And I, yeah. I like going back to it too. It's one of those weird movies where you could just see uh, Matthew McConaughey and uh, uh, excuse me, uh, Matthew McConaughey and Woody, Woody Harrelson's relationship form there. Like it's, Cause like they go on to make oh, right. other things together. So true detective. True. De- well, don't they do something else too? But they do yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah. Anyways, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Oh, so anything else? Uh, dumb things that you wanted to bring up? Well, I want to bring up a couple, a lot of dumb things. Well, let's start. Okay. So the first thing I want to say is the whole idea is they got to win a pennant to for, you know, for for Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character to get his family back. I'm very confused about if they're in the championship in the ALCS or if they're in the regular come on you're a baseball guy you don't know what a pennant is no I I looked it up I was like I was just as confused as I was just I mean I was I looked it up a a pennant is literally a flag that you get to put in your stadium for winning your division okay well I understand that I looked up what does it mean to win the pennant and then the definition was you have to win the ALCS or the NLCS that's what that's what the pennant is, and so well, that's that's what I was confused well, about. I'm confused now too. That's a champ. That's a that's a championship pennant, but you there's division pennants too. I guess it used to be different because back in the day there wasn't there there weren't divisions, correct? Like it used oh, to be. Oh, you're like, right. Yeah, you know. So yeah. like that's why I was confused. Like I guess it, for this movie, for this for 
intents and purposes, it was the the Western, you know, Western Division Championship or for the Western Division Championship. And so this, because this is also back in like '94, and so like the divisions were completely different back then, because there was it wasn't like they were separated a lot different. There were much bigger divisions. Uh, so anyway, I think that actually might've been like the first year that they switched it over. Didn't it? Or I, well, I think in 95 is a year after the, uh, cause oh, 90, okay. 95 is a year they introduced a wild card. Okay. So, which I did not know that either. I thought the wild card had been a thing for a while, but it had not. Yeah. I remember um, when the Mariners had their good run in 95. It, I remember that was the first year of the wild card. I remember Dave Niehaus talking about that. So so, it, th- so that was just an inaccuracy that I thought was this. I, All right, I, not a, so you didn't know what the pennant term meant. What other dumb things you got? That wasn't that. Dumb. Okay, I have a humongous problem with the final baseball game to win the pennant. Okay, first of all, the, I don't care so much about the game itself. We've already mentioned multiple times that he went 160 pitches, which doesn't exist, and it could in theory. If you have a, th- yeah, but not this. You not, have angel blood. Not this guy who Tony Danza who who's dying who, of lung cancer. Who's dying of lung, <laughs> dying of lung cancer. Like the, the first time you see him in the movie, he's like ice in his elbow, and he's like he's a crafty he, old vet, and he's like a Jamie Moyer. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, he's got it in him. He, he, <laughs> he, he beats you by changing speeds effectively, Brennan. He's not a he's not a power thrower. Uh, and so like, and I'm fine with that. Like he could go eight innings, go seven innings. Like, but where's the setup, man? Where's the closer at? Like literally you're in this game to win the pennant. Like if this is, if this is ALCS, which I don't think it is now, but if it is the ALCS and you've got to win this game to go to the world series, you're putting in a fresh arm in the ninth inning, especially if the, one of the players up is like the, the RBI leader in the MLB in the major league baseball. Like what, what the hell's going on? Brennan, that's, that, that's the biggest problem. You have these problems too with football movies. Yeah, but not in football movies that involve like Disney and angels helping your team win. I, like you're you're focusing on like the why would they send out that same picture? <laughs> like, this is an annoying. They're fucking is, angels. There's angels helping people catch oh, foul balls, dude. Not not in the championship series. Not in the no, championship no, game. not you're right. But in this movie, there are, and you're nitpicking like the pitcher, the pitching choice selection. <laughs> Fair, and so that and then, so even even beyond that, okay, beyond that, okay, so. T- t- <laughs> Tony Danza has now he's pitched into the ninth inning. He's put a he's put a bait put a he's gotten a couple of lucky outs, and now but now he's loaded the bases. He's walked, he's walked a couple of people. He being someone to load the bases. There's one more batter up. It's the best. It's the RBI leader. Now, what are you gonna do? You're gonna put in the you're gonna put in the closer. You're going to put they, in a fresh arm. They don't have a closer. The team sucks. They were winning literally with magic. Like, <laughs> they, don't, they don't have a shutdown closer. So, so what you're saying is that they're the Mariners of 2020. They can't put in their, they can't put in their bullpen, which makes sense because you don't know anybody else in their bullpen in this movie. Yeah. And if, <laughs> like, exactly. Who are they going to put in? Hammerling? Uh, so beyond that, even that, even the fact that he is now, pitching the to the final batter who will if not the final they'll go into the bottom of the ninth if they don't get them out and they let up runs my biggest my biggest annoyance is now tony danza is pitching to bases loaded and he's pitching from the fucking stretch 
If anybody knows baseball, you do not pitch from the stretch when the bases are loaded. Because you're worried like, you're going to steal home? Well, you can't – There's no one's going no to steal home, and no one's – you don't pitch from the stretch. You, you wind up from, from on bases loaded, especially right. with two outs. That's really, really nitpicky because you know as well as I do, there's plenty of pitchers that will ignore that and continue to throw out of the stretch. No way. You yeah, so that happens. You, you get so much more velocity from a, from a wind-up pitcher, especially from a guy who doesn't even have an arm. What's he pitching? What's he topping, like 88 miles per hour? No what way. If he, what if he wasn't, didn't have good command? The other way, and he he was thrown out of the stretch to keep his command. I mean, I maybe I missed it. Maybe he was just pitching from the stretch the entire time. I don't know. Um, I, I just think that's a really odd thing to to think about. Okay, and the last part of this is it is three balls and two strikes, and now Danny Glover comes out to the mound with on a full well, count. Little mound visit. You can do a mound visit any time. It doesn't matter what the count is. But you're not going to bring someone in on a full count. And you might if the guy's hurt. <laughs> uh, I love that you're playing the opposite of devil's advocate. Well, I'm, you're, we're, you're, we're, I'm you're, you're giving like these broad sweeps. You're like, that would never happen. That would never happen. And I've seen so much baseball. I was like, wait a minute. I've seen that. That's happened. People throw out of the stretch when they shouldn't. People like there's mound visits on full counts. People get hurt in the middle. of Like, like these aren't the there's angels helping them catch like the hit home runs dude there's fucking angels and this is what you're upset about i'll give you that i'm not 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 entirely i mean i'm fine with all of this so far my biggest peeve (laughs) my biggest peeve everyone bigger than next is he's now he's pitching on the full count and he does not strike him out Okay, he doesn't strike him out. Of course, he's not going to strike him out because he can't pitch that hard. He's not going to get it by. He's not going to. He's not going to get it by him and strike him out. What happens? He pitches it to him, and the guy th- hits a little bloop to him. No, it's not a bloop. It's a. It's a hard line drive. It's a hard line drive at his knees, and and like Tony Danza like leaps to the was, side and catches. Was it a was it a hard hit ball? I don't think it was. Yeah, it would have been a. It would have been a up the gut two run game winning single. It was yeah. a hard line drive at the pitcher's knees that he dove and caught. Now, you prop, a pitcher probably doesn't have enough time to dive that far and catch a hard line drive, but that was the intent of, of the, the play, <laughs> that, that it should have been a line drive up the middle to win the game, which, which I'm totally fine with. Don't you think that's better than just a boring strikeout? I sure. <laughs> wow, I can't believe you're coming down so hard on some of these baseball takes. I, know, I mean, you know, there's. I'm not. I can. I can watch football movies and games from like on TV shows, whatever. And I don't really see much because I don't. The, there's so many rules in football that are like I, I miss. And but for I, I played baseball for a really long time. I've watched a lot of baseball. I know baseball, and like those are the kind of things I was just like ah, that really bothers me that this like this is how they would end it because like I feel like. And the one thing this movie doesn't do very well is like it, there's not much baseball in the movie. They only show like plays in the beginning, and then the Latin like they don't show any games like very like get into many games before this. And and then the like the last act is literally this one game, and it's a it's a pretty long scene. It's just like a montage of like funny plays happening with angels, and then like showing their place in the standings, right? Right, and then they're like leapfrogging the Mariners, like that's what I remember. So, but yeah, I mean, that was my biggest annoyance. I was like watching this; like, this doesn't make any sense. No, there, no manager would ever leave a player in like this. But I, I get, I get for Hollywood, 
I get it. I guess. I mean, I, uh, man, I'm, you, you usually don't bring these kind of takes. I like it. I mean, I, I bring <laughs> takes, I bring takes like this all the time, but you um, usually don't. Um, so, so my last, you know, annoyance or kind of a uh, thing I was going to, was going to pose to you, Adam. So it's been, uh, it's been a year or two years since the angels have now won the world series. And it's now come out that they did actually cheat by using, by using angels to win, you know, to win the 1994 world series. Would the angels get thrown at um, if they didn't pack cheat? <laughs> so it's like a spiritual Houston Astros situation. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, that'd be, uh, yeah, I probably would like, like, Hey, why do you get angels? Why do you pray? Like, like you got to look at it from the other team's perspective. And that's what like, that's why everyone hates the Astros. You have to think about it from the other team. Like who'd they be in the, in the pennant game? Was it the white Sox or the Yankees? The, the white Sox job. Oh, okay. So let's imagine you're some little kid from Chicago and your dad's a shithead and he left you and you're in some foster home with an uglier version of JP and you're praying every night that the white Sox can win. Cause that's your favorite thing in the world. But Oh wait, the California angels are cheating. They're literally using God's help to win. And like, you just, you just lose like you're, you're in Chicago. Fuck you. Like, like that's, so yeah, I'd throw at them if I'm at Chicago. Like, yeah, why do you get angels? Why do the the Astros get a steal signs? Fuck you. Like, I'm in this too. This isn't like, this isn't all about you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I, I mean, that's why sports are great is because they're supposed to be a level playing field. And at the end of the day, somebody gets that, that great feeling of, wow, we were better. And when you start tipping the scales, you ruin everything. That's why people hate the Astros. That's why people hate the Patriots. That's fair. Um, the other kind of some annoyances I have with this movie is why the White Sox? Like the White Sox weren't good in 1994, and they had they're been a good. hateable team. It's, Were, and, they, they're not a hateable team. They're it's the always it's always the Yankees, the White Sox in these movies, except for when it's King Griffey Jr. in Little Big League. But it's like every <laughs> movie, it's like the the Yankees or the White Sox are the bad guys. Like, yeah, well, I guess that's fair. I mean, I'm trying to think of other Western teams in the early in the 90s that would have now, been better better represented from, so uh, well i mean if you're not gonna go i mean look yankees red sox yeah i hate them but i mean at the time the red sox were so pathetic you probably put them aside so if it's not going to be the yankees who else would it be in the american league i mean if it's a championship series it should have been the yankees because that's everybody wants to beat the yankees there's you probably know, trademark like you probably trademark. To, it's it's a it's a union thing they you you can use whoever you want to that's why the ml that's why the major league baseball is always represented in movies is because they they the mlb will let have they have a uh whatever it's called like a collect a cba with the players saying that they can use oh uh, you're right it's you're like right a, i forgot about that you, and you know so, what it that, that's, why that, that's why the NFL doesn't ever appear in movies because they have a CBA where they can't use the likeness of teams. It's nondescript. Like the White Sox are nondescript. Like you're, who's going to be passionate? Like I remember like rooting for the little big league team to lose when they played the Mariners at the end because right. I, <laughs> I was a Mariners fan. But if like if you made the Yankees the bad guys, then all the Yankee fans feel differently about that last mm. scene. And there's a lot of fucking annoying and obnoxious New York Yankee fans. That's My fair. I guess God. You- that, that, that's probably why they picked up Mariners for the. <laughs> yeah, they probably thought there's like no fans out there and there's not. It's like me and you and our parents. <laughs> um, uh, so, uh, so yeah, like, I mean, uh, that was the, I think that was like the only really annoyances I had about it. Like, okay, okay. Let's and I, I feel like they probably, I, I mean, for the time being, I mean, for the time, not time being, but for the time the movie came out, the Angels were probably 
one of the best teams to pick for this. And it, and it was very apropos because they are the Angels and uh, they were not owned by Disney yet. Uh, so, I mean, so they weren't playing favorites. So it was a good team to choose. It was. Um, so do you think it could be rebooted and come back with most of the same cast? Do you think it would hold up today? I mean, they could absolutely reboot this movie with because like everybody's still alive and they could, you know, they could bring back, you know, Tony Danza as an angel and they could bring back Christopher Lloyd. I mean, he still looks exactly the same as he does back in yeah, 1994. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, and Danny Glover's still working. Obviously, you know, Matt, Matthew McConaughey, maybe he comes back as like a manager. Who knows? Like, they could totally do this with the same cast and do something with it. But does uh, the concept work? Does the concept of having a sports team being helped by supernatural powers work today? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't... I mean, in this day and age, I feel like everyone would, every conservative person would probably go see it. They love baseball and they love God. I mean, that, that'd probably be a reason why a lot of these people wouldn't make it. <laughs> um, like, what are some more modern sports movies? Do they ever do anything like this? Like, like, is there ever any weird element to a sports movie anymore? Or is it just a sports movie? I can't even think of a sports movie that's came out in the last 10 years, be honest with you. Like I can't think of any good ones. I mean, I can think of them like fucking draft day and mm. Moneyball's Okay. I guess. Money, yeah. That's, Money you know Ball's, what? You know, good sports movie that's recent is goon. You've probably seen goon. Mm, yes. I've seen goon. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I think if, I think it could be, I don't think they would ever reboot. I don't think they would ever come back with the original cast. I just don't think any, any of those, actors are interested in doing that and could it be rebooted yeah it probably could be rebooted as like a netflix series so do you think angels might be taboo these days no. on some levels no like not i mean even if they presented it as the same way as they did in this movie like as being very secular like you said it would it would be very it, it, it would you could do it very well you could still do it very like without much controversy i feel like i don't think i don't think angels are con controversial i think angels are i mean my kids you, know do you, my, do you my, know my, my kids know what angels are and they do not know who jesus is the santa Ray, the the monterey bay aquarium in california had controversy because they called one of their otters thick okay <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, everything, everything's fucking controversial these days. Angels are like, they're religious. It's a religious symbol. People would freak out. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing I, I mean, I mean, who who would be the best team to represent? Who who needs the the help from the Angels right now to, to well, make the, this happen? <laughs> the, the, Seattle, the Seattle Mariners are the the proud owners of the longest active playoffs drought in the four professional U.S. sports. So uh, I nominate them. It would be funny, actually. It would be kind of like uh, ironic if they did a you know an Angels in the outfield and they came and helped the Mariners, and then the Mariners beat the angels for the alcs that would be I mean, like that would be that would reverse. be the plot that yeah. would be the plot and then and, the person striking out or getting like at the end would be uh gosh whatever his name is <laughs> i can't think of his name mike I, trout mike trout uh, no, no, you got to go the other direction then, like devils in the infield. Like the the there's a Seattle <laughs> Mariner fan that you know worships Beelzebub, and he like 
he sacrifices a goat and prays to the devil that they help them beat the fucking angels. And the devil's like, yeah, I fucking hate angels. And you get some <laughs> devil, devil version of Christopher Lloyd that helps the Mariners like bean guys in the head and injure them for the rest of the year and stuff. <laughs> you could take this shit really dark and I'd watch you, it. You could. But the other question we always ask is, does it hold up today? Like, does it need to be rebooted or does it need to come back with the original cast? I don't think either need to happen. I think you could watch this movie and and still enjoy it there's there's not really much that needs to happen baseball's still very pure there's not much technology in baseball and so the baseball part of it is very still relevant uh and i don't think there's much that technology that you'd put in that you would need because it's still like a kind of a kid's movies and there's not yeah it was very it was very it was very baseball centric and they spent a lot of time at the baseball at the park and there's not really there's not really there's not much there it was very simple it's and it's short it's only 90 minutes so yeah i don't know that it would do well today but i think it it holds up well as a good 90s movie that's for yeah, sure that's fair and um, you know like you guys know i talk shit about a lot of things on this podcast and i'm and i'll tell my feelings i've always thought this was a pretty good movie like it's not a great movie it's not perfect but it's a cute likable pretty well done disney movie yes. about baseball about baseball with a great cast so um well let's i mean we kind of went over pretty much everything we can kind of end it the way we always do um you know what the one thing i wanted to bring up is the box office is that we should probably bring this up in the beginning instead but it costs only nine million dollars to make and oh no that didn't cost me wrong it cost 31 million 31 million dollars to make and this is why they never made a sequel and the box office is only 50 million so this is yeah this is a good reason why they don't make baseball movies anymore yeah, and you know, baseball is not as popular as it used to be. Baseball is almost entirely a regional sport now. Like, nobody gives a fuck about nation- baseball on a national level. Like, who watches other teams te- play baseball? Like, who does that? Nobody. Yeah. yeah. If anything, if this movie came back, it would go to another – it would be another sport. Like, it would be football or it would be basketball. Or if soccer basketball- is international. Yeah, well, basketball is even more I – mean, I mean, not even more, but, like, you could do this movie with – a basketball team and you could probably get a basketball player as a star of it. And, uh, and that would be a lot more relevant. Cause like basketball has a humongous international, uh, following. That's true. So you do um, some crazy sick dunks. If like angels were carrying you. And there hasn't been a angels, uh, I mean, a angels basketball. There was a two sequels made to this movie, angels in the infield and then angels in the end zone. Uh, and I watched the beginning of both those movies this morning and they were not anything close to what this movie was. And they were just, they were this weird. And I, I don't understand why they even <laughs> wasted their time trying to make them. So it's just a cash grab. Well, it was like, uh, they were made for TV. I think they were probably like Disney channel movies. Oh, okay. Um, Zac Efron type movies. Uh, so yeah, I mean, so kind of wrapping up, Adam, we'll, uh, let's, uh, let's, let's guess the Rotten Tomatoes, uh, Rotten Tomatoes score. Do you want to do oh, that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you, by the way, you lost our last Rotten Tomatoes game and you still owe me, like, you have to sing a, a theme song or something. I'm going to make you pay that back. A um, theme song? Yeah, I was going to make you sing the Full House theme song on our Full House podcast um, that, that you never want to do. But yeah, you know, I mean, I just something about Full House. I didn't mean I've watched it. It's like, I don't know. Really I know it's terrible. That's it. the like, point. We do a show because it's terrible. We rip on it the whole time. That's the fun of it. Yeah, but I, I just feel like I can't. I feel like 
you just can't really go into it as much. It's just like, it's not, it's not fun. I don't know. I just like, I want, anyways, all right. House, we'll do it someday. All, all right. right. All right. Well, it's my, well, you owe me a, a, you lost that bet on the Rotten Tomatoes. So this is the start of a new bet. This okay. is sort of bet, bet number two and I'll go first. So, so I have to guess. Yeah. And I know the score. I know. So you're going to go next time. Oh yeah. 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 All right, so let's see. Disney movie, mid-90s, great cast, a little religious, a little soapy, maybe not the most popular because it's sports. You got a lot of people that aren't interested in baseball. Uh, I think, I think it's, God, I'm, you know, I'm leaning like low 70s is kind of where I'm leaning. Um, trying to read your face, see if I'm even close, but you're covering it with your hand like a jerk, so I can't do that. Um, I, yeah, I'm going to go with my gut low seventies. What's, you know, when my first year I played organized football is number 72. So we'll go with that. Oh, 72. Okay. How many, like, what's like the, the point different, like the point differential, like if it's like humongous, do you just like have to do it right now? Well, like, you have to if, beat if, me if, next week. Okay, if, you're, well, if you're saying I, I'm that far off, I'm going to, I'm going to kill you next week. Uh, <laughs> this film, this is not really fair because there's only 27 reviews. So it's really, you know, small sample size. Uh, it has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 33%. Oh my God. Yeah. Two that, thirds of people don't like this movie on Rotten. Well, two thirds of like millennial internet reviewers have gone back and rated this movie negative. Oh, you, you want to, you always want to go for the audience score. Isn't that right? Do you want no, to, I, do we, well, I can't, no, I don't. I like the critic score. O- audience members are stupid, but we can do the audience score since I'm so way off. Yeah, let's do Can the, I say, say 72 for that one? Let me, let me bring it up. Cause I, I want to, cause I will say, I don't know if you are familiar with like cinema score. Uh, they have a, the audience pulled by cinema score gave the film an average grade of an A of an A plus to F scale. So that's like, so when you look at audience reviews on Rotten Tomatoes versus uh, versus critics, I'm, I imagine this is going to be one of those instances where. Uh, yeah, but I mean, that's understandable. I mean, people, they're going to like critics will review a lot of movies with they think they're going to like it or not. Oh, wow. Like, the audience score of like 300,000 uh, ratings is this is a 49%. Dude, so, really? Yeah, no one, apparently, this, you know, the one thing I will say about that is when I went to do research on this, um, when I, you know, Wikipedia, I'm like IMDb, like did a little bit of digging, like there is no, there's not much information about this movie at all. Hmm. So, and I, and I thought that was interesting because I, I, I do kind of see this as being, you know, a kind of a 90s nostalgia type movie like i feel like if you ask a 90s kid if they've seen angels in the outfield they're gonna say yes i saw angels in the outfield and they're probably gonna think of it of you know with nice feelings no one yeah, like, it's no one thinks yeah. of angels in the outfield and think man that was a shitty ass movie and no one thinks it's the best movie ever either but i feel like everyone thinks yeah it's good like yeah so maybe maybe i'm wrong like maybe they don't uh very very uh random statistic from the wikipedia is that on the reception, there's all this information about like scores and stuff, box office. And then it has an, an end of year list and it comes from the, it's like the 10 top 10 worst not ranked um, movies of the year. It comes from 
Dan Webster of the Spokesman Review, that, which was, and it's the only site that it has for any type of like press in Wikipedia, which I thought was very, very odd that the one review that it came, like one review it came from was from my sp- hometown of Spokane. So, so um, final thoughts, Angels in the Outfield, good movie, not great movie, great cast, certainly rewatchable, certainly fun, good for kids. I don't know. I, I'm really surprised to hear about all the, uh, the critic hate. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? What do you think? I agree. I, I will say I, I, this movie is, it's a, it's a fun movie to watch with probably your kids. It's, it's a good, it's a feel good movie. Like you could, you will watch this movie and, and yeah, you'll leave it. I mean, I got a little, there's a scene that okay, there, we never touched on this, but there's a scene at the end where you Joseph, wept where, where Joseph Gordon-Levitt gets out of the, out of the dugout and starts doing the, they, they do the, the, angel, the angel sign. Cause that was the big thing in the movie. Like the angel sign was like, anytime they, an angel was slapped their arms, yeah. they flapped their arms. And so, uh, and, and so everyone does it in the stands and they convince Tony Danza that there is an angel with him and he's going to strike out this batter, which he doesn't do. Um, <laughs> so uh, if you like today's show or if you like me and Brennan in general, or if you're super bored and just want to do a good deed, what one awesome thing you can do is give us those badass five-star reviews on iTunes. Um, we're still collecting those like, like Kevin Spacey in seven. So whatever you can give us, we'll take it. Um, we love hearing from you guys. Um, was it, I'm sorry, say the fan's name again, who suggested this oh, show? Yeah. Uh, our, 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 our friend, Jeremy, was it? Sorry, let me, I use my other notes. Jeremy Krankovich. Krankovich. Yeah. So Jeremy Krankovich, he's a stud. Uh, he reached out to us on Facebook. You can reach out to us on Facebook and other platforms, uh, super nineties brothers at gmail.com all spelled out. Um, you can reach out to Brennan on his Instagram or his Twitter and all that crap. Um, so yeah, yeah, we'd love, we'd love it if you gave us a five-star review though. Yeah, please, please do. It's, it really helps us out. Uh, thank you to, Hey, we got a couple of reef. Whoa. We've gotten like multiple reviews in the last like, like month. We did. Whoa, this is really, thank you guys. This is awesome. We've gotten, we've gotten three reviews since July. Uh, this, I'm very, I'm taken by this. Uh, you're, you're taken aback. You mean? Yeah. You're, t- I, taken, I'm, you're taken like Liam Neeson. And one of these, at least two of these are from people. I do not, I do not know. Uh, one of them is from a friend that I told, Hey, couldn't you go review my podcast since you've been listening to it? And you said you like it. Uh, but we gotten two other reviews from other people. Um, Alice and Michael's Michael, they, uh, we got a, they're all five-star reviews. Michael says, the hosts are clearly new. <laughs> this is from September 1st. The hosts are clearly new to this, but there is a certain charm to that 99% of the time. Good, low pressure, low stress listening. Um, oh, I like and, that. And then the next one is from uh, Alice Halik. That's her username. Uh, five stars. Fun for any 90s kid. Sound quality improves, so stick with it. Content is solid. There is so much more to explore from the 90s, from 90s foods to collections, fads, and fashions. I could go on and on. They should have mi- recurring mini segments to cover smaller topics. Um, hey, you know, actually, Brennan has, has floated that idea before. I, I, I have. I mean, and the la- lastly, 
uh, is from my friend Riley, who said, though I'm pretty sure both of these former Amish men were both born in the year 2000 and are dealing with trauma of their former secular life as by publicly claiming they were born in the 80s, I still very much enjoy their insight into things they clearly know at least a little bit about. Can't wait for them to do an episode on JFK Jr. Well, th- well thank you, Riley, Alice, and Michael. You guys are studs, just like um, Jeremy. So, yeah, thank you, guys. Um, I, 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 I never check our reviews. And if you stick with us this long listening to the show, we appreciate you. And, and I think, you know, seeing statistics of how many people are listening and, you know, doing the show, I, I, is something that I, I look at regularly and makes me, is the reason why I reach it out and I don't always say anything to Adam, but we, Adam does a great job and we, this is so much fun to do together. And I, uh, and I've, it's one of those things I, I always will be like, I just don't want to do it anymore. And then I do it and I like, it always, it always lets a little bit of a fire in me to keep on doing it. Cause it's, it's, it's fun to do. Yeah. When we clear aside the hour and get it done, I'm always glad we did. Yeah. So um, anyway, you guys are awesome. We won't keep you longer than we already have, which is probably too long, but um, we love you guys. Thank you so much. And uh, who knows what we're going to talk about next week. You'll have to stay tuned. Brent and I haven't settled on it, but for Brent and Jay Pointer, I am Adam Pitzler. This has been an arm flapping Tony Danza lung cancer getting extravaganza angels in the outfield cell of super 90s brothers. So peace out. We'd love to hear from you guys. Interact with us on social media and we'll talk to you later. Peace. Ow.